0: You are locked on wild, your Minnesota wild every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello, I am your host, Joe Booley of zonecoverage.com, and with me is Tony Abbott of the Athletic Minnesota. Tony is back. He's back. Well, I suppose you, you did the, uh, the mailbag without me because I actually went to the wild game, and you know what? Zach Parisi did not get booze or anything like that when he was announced as part of the starting lineup. That's a little surprising to me because I think
1: that usually when a when a player and like maybe Zach didn't go to to the team and say I want out I want out but at the same time you know like when a player kind of wants <laughs> out and, and maybe has a foot up the door fans usually don't take that very well.
0: Yeah, maybe I'm just, was just gauging kind of the temperature on social media, but there certainly seemed like a lot of people were really excited about that move and the fact that it didn't happen. Uh, I thought for sure there'd be more of, a, of some vitriol within the stands. but uh, There was more vitriol for Miko Koivu for wanting to stay with the team. There there, were, there really was, actually. Um, so I went to the game against the, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, um, and it, I don't know what happened. I don't know if the Wild just scored too many goals or something like that, but on uh, beautiful Fiala's tally, that night on Yeah, a, that was
1: that was real nice to see.
0: It was real great. It was real beautiful, uh, because he's beautiful. But um the goal horn didn't go off. I don't know if it malfunctioned, maybe there's somebody I don't know what happened, but uh yeah, it's like stopped working. It just was like,
1: ah, you know, it's another Fiala goal. Ho hum.
0: <laughs> Let it me know when he gets games. a hat trick. <laughs> The goal horn was not amused.
1: It's as bored with that as the uh, the Iowa Wild goal horn is bored with Jerry Mayhew scoring at this
0: point. <laughs> oh, man. So so speaking of Jerry Mayhew, yeah, he was let's, playing. Yeah,
1: let's talk about Jerry time.
0: He was, well, I wanted Jerry time so bad, but he was on a line with Fiala, Stahl, and obviously uh, Mayhew was there. Um, they got a, a late 2-on-0 break. Uh, I think there was like a, a shot that went off of like stalls shin or something like that from the point and Fiala and ended ended going the other way with Mayhew. And I'm like, Jerry time, Jerry time, you know, and I don't blame Fiala for, for not passing because he's been on a hot streak. He's feeling good. He obviously wants to be, you know, that guy, but I was so badly hoping for uh, Jerry time because Fiala had already scored. I wanted to see Mayhew come up and get rewarded. Cause I thought overall he had a really, really solid game
1: yeah but you know what's gonna happen is like you know he passes on the shot and Jerry Mayhew
0: doesn't make it in, and then we're like, oh, why did Fiala pass? why didn't he shoot right yeah, especially when he scored the uh the, the what ended up being the game winner, which um that game should not have been as close as it was mm-hmm.
1: uh but uh other than that how did you uh how did you like seeing him did did he stand out to you on the ice
0: uh i I paid attention to him on the ice and uh he is a much smaller guy, Uh, but I thought he held his own well. Uh, He looked to me way more confident of a player than when we first saw him earlier this season. Uh, Like he kind of like, okay, I know what to expect and I'm just going to try to assert myself. And um, so I would say that overall he looked better. And I think he had a couple of chances uh, late in the, or throughout the third period to extend the lead. Um, I think, if I remember, there were some chances in the second period as well, but uh, no, I thought um, I thought he looked really well, and I thought that uh, with Fiala on the other side too. Like that, I want to see this this line play a few more games.
1: Yeah, it would be uh, it would be cool to see just because, like I I, I think that Bill Guerin said it at the uh, trade deadline press conference. He definitely earned his spot on the first line despite playing seven games
0: beforehand. Exactly, yeah. Um Miko Koivu got off the schneid. He actually doubled his uh, goal output with two goals in the second period. That was uh it was kind of cool to see Koivu get on the board, um, score two goals, um, and it helped lead the the wild into towards victory. Uh but I mean, if that's he retires, you you might have, and I'm not
1: saying this to be you know mean or snide or, or mm-hmm. backhanded, but you actually might have gotten to see Koivu's last like great game as a Wild, and that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, because he doesn't score multiple goals often, so this could be one of the few like potentially last multi-goal game that Koivu scored. So I got to see that in person, so that was kind of cool.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Especially, you know, now that he's playing on the fourth line and, uh, you know, that
1: that fourth line was looking good. Ryan Donato added a goal, too, which mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I think uh, i think nice. Donato got a lot of attention on the uh, Twitterverse today.
0: Yeah. Uh, Donato was a great, he actually scored because he, uh, had a great shift hustling down to negated icing, um, and, and was able to peel the puck off the boards for a shot and then just, uh, fought off a defender to uh to score in, in a gaping net so that was a a nice goal a lot of fun to see that um I was happy for for Donato mm-hmm. anyways we got a lot to go over we got a lot to get into we want to talk about your and our and really my reaction as well to the trade deadline i know i had uh Jesse Pearson on on Monday night's uh episode to to kind of get an overall uh, expert reaction to the trade deadline, but I didn't really share my opinions on it. So you and I are going kind to of maybe go back and forth on what we thought of what the wild strategy was. And uh, that'll be our show, I think, for today. So let's take a pause and we'll get right into uh, kind of your emo feelings, Tony, about what you thought the wild did on trade deadline day. You're listening to Locked on Wild. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to Locked on Wild. I'm your host, Joe Buley. With me is Tony Abbott. Tony is back. We are back together. And this is our first real chance to get together to talk about what the Wild did at the trade deadline. And that was nothing. You know, Joe,
1: I think I was getting together again. I think I got to say the boys are back in town. And with the Minnesota Wild, I would also say the boys are back in town because nobody went anywhere.
0: yeah no they nothing happened there was uh early rumor that greg pattern might have been getting calls nothing throughout the day happened when it came to uh rumors on like brodine and dumba at all
1: nope uh nothing came to fruition on on brodine and dumba and uh not even felino oh yeah felino it sounds like there was there was never a a moment where where that was considered. We can talk about that a little bit later. And sure. then the one move that it did sound had some traction to it: uh, Zach Parise being uh, traded to the Islanders. Uh, mm-hmm. That ended up falling through. It seems at the last minute, so uh, they did nothing. And I, I I'm kind of bummed about it because you know last year at the trade deadline and you can say you can say whatever you want as to the quality of the Paul Fenton trades and like, uh, but when it got to the deadline moves, you know when Coil got moved for uh Ryan Donato, you know I I don't think they got enough for Ryan Donato, but at the same time I'm like you know what this is new this is exciting when Kevin Fiala got traded for uh for Mikhail grandlin when they when they shipped grandlin out to bring in fial. I'm like, okay, cool. This is new. This is exciting. And and you know that that newness and that excitement got us through, I think. Uh, I think it got you through. It certainly got me through. The True. end of a season, that was pretty disappointing <laughs> and and boring on the whole. So this year, trade deadline comes and there's nothing new. There's nothing exciting there were prices that were being paid like they were they they were almost giving firstborn sons away at the trade deadline <laughs> and nothing like all these all these high prices flying around the league and Minnesota doesn't get in on any of this action and you know like we could talk about whether that was the right move with the smart move or not you know to stand Pat but it is. In my mind, as somebody who is a fan of the team, as somebody who, you know, is excited to write about the team and write about, like, you know, like, I, I like writing about change because it's something, you know, new. Like, you can talk, uh, you can talk all day about the uh, the players on the roster, but, like, there's something about something new and there's nothing new and I am kind of struggling with that.
0: Sure. Are you bummed that the Parisi trade didn't get done more or are you bummed that just like nothing got done in general? I think what I'm
1: most bummed about is that they didn't find a way to cash in on some of the higher trade value players. So whether mm-hmm. Brodeen, Dumba, Felino, all three of those guys, I think, carried a lot of value at the trade mm-hmm. deadline you know, when, you know, this was as much of a, 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 a seller's market, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, it, it favored teams that were selling.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I, I thought that, okay, like, this is the perfect storm to turn your Dumba into, you know, the impact, uh, package of prospects and picks that you want. Same thing with Brodeen, Same thing with, uh... With Felino, and I'm disappointed that it wasn't there.
0: I um I would say that I'm probably still happy that the trade of Prezi didn't happen because I I am afraid of that cap recapture because let's say they did trade Prezi and he retires, and all of a sudden that I don't I don't even remember how much exactly it is. But all of a sudden you basically got dead money and you're being penalized for it. I mean, you're hoping that with Kaprasov and Fiala, any draft picks that come up in the next five years or 10 years or so that maybe not quite 10 years, but five years it's part of this five year plan that, you know, hopefully the wild will be good eventually again. And you're going to need money to spend, to keep those players around and, if you're being penalized because of you know Parisi uh getting traded and then retiring, and you didn't have any chance of controlling that contract. Uh you know, I think that's a bad thing for the wild, too. At the same time, like I get it. I get why they would be looking at moving, and I still don't think that that it's it's all done here.
1: Yeah, and I don't think any of this is done, except, like, I do think that Foligno... I think that if they were going to trade Felino they would have done it by now. I think I said that yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I don't think it's over for Parise. Um I don't think it's over for, uh, for Dumbo or Brodine. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't think it's over for those guys, and I think that they should, you know, whatever value they have now, that should be carried into the summer, but... But it's still disappointing that, uh, that you know, like they did have the Jason Zucker move where they picked up a first round pick Mm -hmm. and they picked up a really good prospect. And Kalen Addison, you're like, okay, cool, we're selling, let's go, let's go. And you know, you you look at the teams that that needed defensemen, right? Uh, we identified a few teams that needed defensemen and had you know, pretty good center, pretty good center prospects, Mm -hmm. uh, available. Any, I don't know, and it just didn't get done, and, like, <laughs> that. I guess the frustrating thing is, like, it seems like all these other teams are able to go out and recoup value, and with the exception of, uh, of Zucker now, which, like, hats off to Bill Guerin on that, like, I think he made a good deal there, but... You, you know, it, it just doesn't feel like that move ever comes to Minnesota. And we talked, you know, this has been a problem going all the way back to the Fletcher days, right?
0: Oh, we, absolutely. I was going to bring up Pominville because there people were saying that uh, Pominville couldn't get moved or or anything like that. And then we see these moves for guys that are well into their 30s for decent picks. And it's like, really? I mean, Pominville's one of those players that still can at least, bring something he still could play for their team rather than like the corpse of Pavel Datsuk's contract. You know, I I just, it was one of those things where that was maddening year after year where it was like, yeah, we, we we understand that these players are either getting paid too much or, or not fulfilling their deal. And yet those types of moves were just never made. And I hope that this isn't the situation that Garen's going to fall into either.
1: Well, and, and here's the thing, right? Like, I'm not even talking about the Palmville trade. I'm talking about like going out and acquiring an impact young player, right? I, I, the the first thing that comes to my mind is the Ryan Johansson thing, right? They were yep. super in on Ryan Johansson, and for whatever reason, they weren't able to to get it done. Whether they were they were holding back on their players, or or, or they didn't have a good enough player to uh, to entice Columbus to make the move, whatever reason. Couldn't get the deal done. Uh, guys like uh, Tyler Sagan miss out on, on that trade opportunity completely. Dallas swoops and gets him for a, a song, basically. Absolutely right. nothing, you know. And, and then, you know, guys like... And I know this one, you know, hasn't worked out super great for Montreal. But, like, when Jonathan Druin was up for trade, like, they couldn't get that deal done. So, it's like, when are they going... Like if it if it wasn't now, like do I do I think that it'll get done during the summer? I hope not, but you know we've we've been in the cycle before with Chuck Fletcher, where it's like okay, well he didn't make a move at the deadline, but you know what? Like there's always the draft. We can we can make this move at the draft, and we'll have more buyers. And then that doesn't happen. I am worried about that happening with uh, with Carolina, by the way, because you know they had Dougie Hamilton out. And they had uh they is it is it Pesci out? There's someone else who's out. Um,
0: uh, yeah, okay.
1: There's someone else who's out in in Carolina that really opened a need for a defenseman there. Well, okay, this was like one of one of the best fits in terms of, of prospects and uh and, and their need for a defenseman, right? Because they could have used either Brodeen or Dumba. And now they traded for Brady Shea, and, and you might be able to say like, hey, we can go into the draft, and then we can deal with all thirty teams. We can negotiate with all thirty teams, and that in theory is true. But now they have Brady Shea, so why did Carolina's off the table? And that mm-hmm. was you know maybe one of your best fits. So I don't know. Like I, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's as much of a slam dunk that like they'll be able to get a deal done to their liking this summer. And that really worries me as a wild fan who, you know, sees a team that, yeah, they've got a, a, a good prospect farm, uh, they're they're getting better in their system. They got two first round picks coming up, but you know, like I, I need to see this team getting younger and I am worried about this team not being able to not not being able to land the big fish that they're looking for. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, we're gonna take one more break here, and we'll get more into kind of this uh, our, our autopsy of kind of the wild trade deadline. You're listening to Locked On Wild. Welcome back to Locked On Wild here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Joe, your host, and with me is Tony from Tony uh, from uh, yeah from the Athletic Minnesota. Uh, Tony, the big news of the of the day that came out. Was obviously the the Zach Parisi potential trade. The uh, I guess I want to get what your thoughts were initially when you saw Parise's name pop up because I don't think that there was any real inkling that that was even a uh, a situation that could be done. And um, I know that Twitter kind of exploded when it happened, and and not just from Minnesota Wild fans, but. From uh, from all across the uh, the NHL, what's what was your initial thought? I was pretty surprised that uh, that uh, he would have
1: uh, been you know some uh, a player that someone would seek out. No offense to Parise, like he's having a he's having an all right season. Um, you know, on pace for you know what is it twenty seven goals. And like I said, all due respect to Zach, I don't want to I don't want to take away anything from him or his career, but that contract where. You know, you're paying $7.5 million against the cap potentially for the next five seasons. I did not think that that was a movable contract. And obviously, some of it's offset by uh, taking on the onerous contract of Andrew Ladd, who, unlike Parisi, who, you know, isn't giving you like the value of his contract, but he's giving you some value. Right. Andrew Ladd is making slightly less for a couple less years, but he is giving you no value on that contract whatsoever. So, I I was I was pretty surprised that they wanted to do that. Like you said in in the last segment, uh, they're risking a serious amount of cap recapture when if and when Zach Parise would retire, if he right. like flat out retires rather than goes say on LTIR or has some sort of injury that puts him on LTIR, which uh, Roberto Luongo did last year. Uh, Minnesota would be slammed with a a ridiculous amount of cap for capture. I think if he does it in the last year, it's like $19 million. So uh, there's a lot of risk in that trade, and that's probably why they didn't make it. And as far as I can tell and as far as what's been reported, I don't know if there was enough value. Um, It sounded like, at one point anyway, there was a first-round pick maybe. uh, That's what Russo it was kind of feeling out, um, but, like, it would have had to have been a, a, a pretty premium asset or maybe even, you know, a, a premium asset and another good asset that uh, that would have made <laughs> sense for, you know, risking that kind of cap or capture and getting Andrew Ladd's contract taken back.
0: I know I was surprised cuz like I said I did not expect that name to pop up on trade deadline day. Um I cuz it happened relatively early I thought okay this might actually happen. And then as the as it kind of kept going on and we didn't see any really any more details on it I was like okay this just isn't going to happen. Um I I guess for me I'm 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 curious do you think that like the 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 Parisi Suter experiment as a whole was a failure, being that like okay, so yeah, if Garen was attempting to trade and move Parisi here and kind of just basically say, Oh, you know what? We tried, it didn't work out, time to time to move on and really put my own stamp on this team. Do you think that the, the, the Parisi experiment on this team with suitor and it was failed experiment? I think it was a failure in that you know Minnesota made those moves to
1: get playoff runs out of these guys and to get a cup out of these guys. I think if you're looking it through that lens, that is a failure. Uh, is it a failure because of Parise and Suter? I don't think it was a failure because of Parise and Suter. And I think that, uh, that people might mix up the 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 first thing with the second
0: thing that's a good way to put it because i certainly feel like Suter is giving or has given pretty much throughout this entire time that he's been in minnesota basically what you'd expect from him um and parisi when he's been in has been fairly solid there's been some dips here and there certainly not what he was with when he was a part of new jersey but um I think, like, just when you look back on the decade, because I know we did kind of the all-decade look back on on one of our first couple of shows here on Locked on Wild, but you look back at the decade and it just doesn't feel like – it feels like a lot of unfulfilled promise uh, and and potential that some of those teams could have had. I certainly don't feel like the first couple teams were really, really great. Uh, but there's there was some decent talent there that I think um, felt like it was wasted. Plus, they went into a, a pretty big buzz saw that was a really hot uh, Chicago Blackhawks team as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I think part of the part of the problem is, is one you are relying on, on these young players, the Charlie Coyle, uh Nino Niederreiter, Mikael Granlin, Jason Zucker generation. To you were counting on one of those guys being stars. And that didn't happen. I mean, this also extends to Matt Dumba and Jonas Prodeen, right? Like, you're looking for one of those guys to be game changers and supplement Parise and Suter. And that never happened, right? And then I, I think the other big culprit with that, and, like, I'm not going to blame any of those individual players. Like, you know, they were as... Good as they were, and mm-hmm. you know, I I don't uh, I don't doubt their effort and, and commitment to the team or anything like that. But then you look at uh, you look at Chuck Fletcher, right, and yep. his ability to, uh one bring in pieces around that young core, and, uh and Paris and Suter, right, and Koyvum, mm-hmm. and you know there were some there were some wins there, right? Uh, there was. Uh, The initial trade for Jason Pomenville, I think that was a win. I think the Eric Stahl contract was a win. But on the whole, you know, there there were some pretty big mistakes in terms of salary cap blunders, in terms of not being able to acquire the right players at the right time, right? You look at that Thomas Vanek signing, that was a disaster. The Jason Pomenville extension, that Mm -hmm. ended up being... You know, I, I'm as big of a Pominville stand as anybody, but, you know, I think, uh, I think if you have to buy out a contract or, or or trade a contract in a salary dump situation, yeah, that's, that's a disaster, especially, you know, when that happened, what, three years into his contract, uh, you know, that, that wasn't a, a good extension or, um, Let's see, like, what, uh, uh, Nicholas Backstrom getting extended for, for yeah. the, that last contract that was on Fletcher and he gave him a no move clause. And then, you know, the trades didn't work out. Matt Molson doesn't work out. Chris Stewart doesn't work out. Twice. <laughs> twice. Uh, but, uh, but the first time, you know, for, right. for a real asset in a second round mm-hmm. pick, uh, he wasn't you know, we talked about him not being able to get the job done via trades. Uh and and then I think the uh I, I think, think the big, big one. one too yeah. is uh is not being able to get the job done with Kaprazov. And I think I, I, I don't think those things are things that you can blame Parise and Suter on. So like if you're asking me, like I said, if you're asking me if the Parise Suter era was a failure, I will say yes, it was a failure. I don't want to say cuz I don't think that's true that it was on the fault it was the fault of those players I think for the most part as long as those players have had been healthy uh they
0: delivered and that's all you can ask them to do I would say yeah cuz when these contracts were first signed we knew going into it that Yeah, at the tail end. And here we are at the tail end now. We, there's light at the end of the tunnel. We're talking about five years left. That These contracts were going to hurt, and here they are. They're beginning to hurt, yeah. um, and there's just no way to really reasonably get out from underneath them. I think the Wild need to just control what they can control with, uh, with Parisi and Suter and just get them to play as long as they can. But here's the thing, too, right? Mm-hmm. They hurt.
1: Yeah, they. I, I, I'd say that they're gonna hurt over the next two years. But what do you think is is gonna hurt them more? Having Zach Parise and Ryan Suter under contract, giving you you know decent production, or committing ten million dollars between Matt Siccarello and Victor Rask over the next th- uh, two years?
0: Yeah, that hurts way more in my
1: mind. Yeah. Uh, see, like that's the thing for me is that it, it's often been the inability to manage the salary cap around those two players and some of, some of it if you want to argue Fletcher's hands were tied for some of these moves that's okay with me you can do that but on the whole yeah and and you can see him doing the same thing in Philadelphia right now like he can't manage a salary cap
0: <laughs> he's always near the cap isn't he's he he's
1: always near the cap and and yeah. and, and, and you know it, it's it, it, to me like that is more of a culprit, you know, no offense to, uh, no offense to Fletcher. Cause you know, I think he gave, you know, a good reasonable effort, but yeah. So that's, yeah. that's my thought.
0: Yeah. Overall though, the trade deadline was disappointing because just not enough happened in your mind. Uh, certainly didn't get that new shiny prospect or even a, a, another first round pick. Um, and, uh, yeah, the failure maybe to maximize some of the, uh, the assets that uh, probably had were riding, you know, their their highest uh, value at this point, and they might ride it into uh, the off season, But you know, I think when you get to the off season, Marcus Foligno is going to be looked at as like a, yeah, he's a third liner. Uh, we're not going to pay a premium for him anymore. <laughs> yeah,
1: like I, I that that's the one that I think I'm most disappointed in because I think Dumba and Brodeen are going to hold their value into the summer, and like if Dumba mm-hmm. finishes strong. You know he might be you know better off as a as a is a tradable player, but yeah, I mm-hmm. think on the on the whole like but yeah, I'm worried about Felino, and I know that like I know that he's a great guy, I know that he you know is good in that locker room, and I know that he's a good player who is having a good season, like I know all this, but i am I'm always gonna be worried about holding on to a forward into his 30s and, and he's not 30 yet but if you keep him now then I guess you don't have to but I don't see why you would keep him now and not extend him mm-hmm. thinking that he's a part of, of the team's future right. Um I, I, I certainly think that that is, is, is the way that that's going to go and I get real nervous about a player like that especially when like you know like no offense to Marcus but he's not you know his brother Nick right where mm-hmm. Nick had the peak, where he was a 30-goal guy, 70-point guy. And, you know, look at Nick now. He, he's not uh, he's not providing <laughs> nearly that. Right, um, right, And, like, you know, I get worried, but I lost this one. Not that I had sure. any say to begin with, but <laughs> I lost Marcus Foligno. I, I lost the battle of Marcus Foligno.
0: You recently had an article come out on the uh, Athletic Minnesota about Kevin Fiala. Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, kind of what you talked about in the article? He's good. He's good.
1: Uh, Yeah. I, I think, I think the, the, the thing that I would say about that to, to tease the article and get you to go over there and read it is that I think you'll be really surprised with how he stacks up with some of the superstar players in the league since November 1st. So over the last four months, um, He has uh, been performing out of his mind, and I think you'll be very surprised to see just how uh, he's
0: been able to fly. How else can they find you, Tony?
1: Uh, Oh, wow. In addition to uh, the Athletic Minnesota, you can find me on Twitter at Tony,
0: And you can follow my work on ZoneCoverage.com, as well as follow me on Twitter at JoeBoo15. And that's going to do it for today's episode. If you liked today's episode, please, please hit that subscribe button so your device sends you uh, sends you a new show every time there's a new episode without having to do any extra work. Uh, please leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or Google or whatever podcast service you use. It does help us out to get found by other wild fans such as yourself. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at Locked On Wild. You can also get in touch with us via email. Just email us at locked on wild at gmail.com especially for those uh listeners choice uh friday episodes that we like to do um definitely get those topics in as well as uh, any mailbags as well thank you for listening to locked on wild and be sure to check us out every monday through friday because we are a daily podcast to stay on top of everything revolving around your zach parisi trade rumors every day